This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. You're listening to Breakfast's podcast for the week June 20 to June 24. Uh, highlights this week, there were a few. Here they are. Uh, one of them, we had a discussion about uh, Caribbean Gardens, which I'd not heard of previously, but then uh, had some great calls about memories of um, theme parks from our childhood. Such as Wobby's World. Yes. <laughs> and also um, during the week we had Avan Aristegueta come in and talk about his comedy show Chorizo Sizzle. Which made me want to have a chorizo, which I did immediately after the interview. <laughs> we also talked about creepy stories. Um, and Hayley Inch came in to review uh, Independence Day Resurgence, the sequel to the 1990s classic. That, as it turns out, isn't so resurgent. We were discussing um, childhood memories and crappy theme parks. The crappiest <laughs> theme parks of all. Some of which still exist, so maybe I shouldn't call them crappy. <laughs> yeah, right. So I discovered I had never heard of this one. Maybe it's because I was not. I did not grow up in Melbourne. Um, but Caribbean Gardens. Are you familiar with Caribbean sure Gardens? Sure, am. I, I don't spent... think I'd ever heard of it until you mentioned really? it. Really? No. Kind of like outer east. Um, kind of way. I got taken there a bit as a kid by um, different family friends Explain and stuff. Explain it to me. I heard there was monkeys there. Is that true? There used to be monkeys. I don't know that there is anymore. I think it's probably illegal. Yeah. I think that it's <laughs> one of those, you know those things in the 90s where like pretty much everything's illegal that happened in the 90s. Um, it was just a big market from, I remember just going there and it still exists yeah. and buying like dodgy um, videotapes and stuff like that, like stuff that were, like, you know, like it would be DVDs, DVDs now. It wasn't DVDs yeah. then in the 90s. <gasps> and like kind of like weird stuff that you get in the markets that don't really last long. And there was a uh, chairlift. Oh, yes. There was a chairlift that went over water and I think maybe that's where the monkeys were and some kind of safa- boat safari, but like there were no animals. I'm just looking at the website. It says there's army tanks. Do you remember the army Can't tanks? Can't remember the army tanks. No. Well, that's new. No. Mini golf, train rides, jungle cruises. Beach buggies, army tanks, a chairlift, and more. Yeah, yeah, and more. Let me tell you, <laughs> um, it was and it was my, actually my boyfriend's first. One of his first jobs was to. Uh, he was only like fifteen at the time, and so this is how great the chairlift was. Was to control the chairlift at Caribbean <laughs> Gardens. Was, oh my, She'll be right. I know. I'm like, oh yeah, that's entrust a fifteen year old like stoner with those and O. Um, so I'm sure there was uh, plenty of safety precautions put in place. Absolutely, there and there is. Look, it still exists. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's like the most wonderful place in the world. But in the nineties, it was it was just very it was very Australian, well, like Wobby's World. I was going to say that's the one I remember is Robbie's World. I don't never remember going there. I just remember it always being ads for it. Yeah. yeah, there was those crazy ads, and also Gun by a Park. Yes, oh, that's right. Gun by a Park, the fun one for with all. <laughs> fun the, for um, all. The big uh, slide yeah. thing. So, what would and you call that? Um, what do you call those things where you sit in a thing and go down? I don't know. I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What? I don't know. Oh, please. Anyway, give us a call anyway if you have memories of crappy theme parks from when you oh, were a child. Maybe, maybe they're not crappy. Just, maybe I they're brilliant. I don't think Robbie World, Robbie's World is still a thing. Wobby's World. Wobby's World. Wobby's World. Wobby's World. Wobby's World, not Wobby's Wobby's World. World. Ah. It's <laughs> not, it's I don't know, Robbie. It's it's not, <laughs> I'm sure his world is great as well. But Wobby's pretty awesome. Um, when I was a kid and I went to come by park too, so I was a real unco, and I they also had like four-wheel motorbikes that you could get on. 
and yeah. drive around in a circle, like in oh, a circle. Yeah. yeah, you'd think it would be. And I got on a, <laughs> I, got, I got on a four wheeled motorbike once, and the guy was like, "Off you go." And I was just a really nervous kid, and I drove the four wheel motorbike straight into a fence, and it rolled on top of me. <gasps> and I remember the guy, distinctly the guy, running over to me and looking at me as like a seven or eight year old, and going, "In my entire." Time at Gum at Gumby Park. This has never happened. No one has ever rolled a four wheel motorbike, and I was just like, "Oh, that's how sad I am." Was <laughs> <laughs> he really angry at you? Oh, I think he was just shocked that yeah, like right. he was so uncoordinated. Yeah. yeah, he just watched my motorbike race across the path straight into a fence. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, Wobby's world is definitely defunct. I just found its mm. Wikipedia. Um, site which says despite memorable television advertisements over the decades the park slowly deteriorated <laughs> it doesn't sound very good does it? <laughs> That's hey, sad. If, seriously, if you've got memories of great childhood memories of being in theme parks such as Gumbio Park or Wobby's World or Robbo's World, uh, give us a call nine three double eight one zero two seven. We had um, in in Albury they built a. It wasn't even a theme park. It was a, a place where children could go, I guess. <laughs> but it was called Frog Hollow. Oh. And oh. it had a um, a really large, you know, maze in there, wooden maze. And that was about it. And maybe mini golf. But it was oh, like... There's like always a, a maze. Land. There's always yeah. a crappy maze. Yeah. I've got a call coming through right now. Oh, hi, you're on Triple R. I've got to go and buy a park scar. Oh, yes. Oh, no, a scar. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's such enthusiasm for the scar. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Tell us about your scar. Um, there was a toboggan, right? That's it. Toboggan, the big slide. Yeah, and it was on concrete, and I was in there with my granddad. We were going around a corner, and just as an instinct, I thought we were tipping over, so I stuck my hand out. Oh, to don't stop do us that. And took, like, all the skin. It looked like chicken. Oh, oh. Is it still there? You've still got a scar? Yeah. Hi, say hi, Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hello. 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 But um, aside yeah, from yeah. that, did you have a good time? <laughs> Um, I don't remember. I just remember screaming my head. I was about seven. Oh, and it was horrendous. Mate. But the four-wheel motorbikes, yes, I do. I did get to have a go on one of those. Did you crash into a fence? Um, <laughs> after, well, it was afterwards, but I couldn't hold on to the handle because my hand was all like <laughs> did, did they Did they tell you the warning story about the the little girl who managed to turn it over? Said, don't be oh. like her. <laughs> I oh. think I might have been there a little bit before her time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, mate. No worries. Hey. Hello, we'll you're go. on Triple R. Hi, how you going? Yeah, good. good. Have you got a story for us? Yes, I also crashed one of the four-wheel motorbikes. <laughs> Get out! Get in! It was that, I wonder I was what about, year that was. I was that 12. I would have been maybe 99. Yeah, right, a bit after my time, I and <laughs> I drove, um, it was quite a big track and you're meant to stick to the track, but I drove right across to the other side, <laughs> full speed, smashed straight into the fence. <laughs> Apparently I flew off like a rag doll. <gasps> and later on we saw the four-wheel um, motorbike on a ute to be taken off for repairs. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I broke it. Broke it. <laughs> so maybe I wrote it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. That makes me feel a lot better about myself, so thank you for sharing that story. No worries. See you, mate. Bye. Hello, you're on Triple R. Uh, yeah, I was just off about the thing this morning. Oh, yes. 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 You're on. Talk you're about on. the thing now. You're on air. Oh, I'm on. Um, yeah, uh, t- Wobby's World is a housing estate now. <gasps> is oh. it? 
Is it still so, fun for all? Yeah, it was, it, it was sort of an open block for ages with these kind of big rotary blade things there from some old plane or something they had there. And that, that is, it's since gone. But memories of my childhood are Caribbean Gardens. Yes. Um, in Scoresby, particularly interesting, right down some African river, which was a dam with fake hippos sticking out of it, it made was. of concrete. But they called it a safari in African yeah. <laughs> Safari, I love that. And, and then you got to go in a, um, a submarine, which basically was water filling between two plates of glass that <laughs> came up, and it was sort of muddy and brown, and it would fill up, and you were under the water, and then it'd go back down again. That was it. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, that is awesome. I know. I, I just see now on the on the website that uh, the site of Warby's World is now the Forest Hill Police Station. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, and it, it just got, yeah, got built on. I've seen it over the years because I drive out to the eastern suburbs and every yeah you know, we just laugh as we pass it and then we went oh my god it's a housing estate oh it's been built on but wow. yeah caribbean gardens was a particular feature i think i even as a child i thought this is crap <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks so much mate thanks for sharing your story okay bye, bye. oh r.i.p wobby's world um hi you're on triple r oh hi there hi there g'day yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've got some stories about Wobby's World. I don't know quite where to start. I used to work there. Oh, oh yes, an yes! insider! The Wobby's World insider. <laughs> oh, my God, what went wrong? <laughs> no, well, the thing was, my, the early memories were when I was at primary school, and it, it was the place that everyone wanted to go. Yeah. Like if, if, if it was a birthday party, if it was a kid who had a birthday party and they were going to Wobby's World, that was, like, the number one thing. So, like, oh. the, my early memories of going there was as a, as a primary school kid, and it was, like... Completely, you know, it could have been Disney World as far as I was concerned. You know, it was it was amazing, and you didn't really, you know, you never really picked holes in it when you were a kid. Everything, whether it be tanks or airplanes or, you know, everything was was just just fantastic. Didn't matter if it was working or not. You know, you kind of glossed over this, those things. But when I was when I was older, my brother and sister and I, we all actually worked there at one point oh as a uh, student. Like when I was at uni, uh, that was like a holiday kind of job thing. So what did you do? Um, I, I, I worked on a, a bunch of different rides, so basically looking after them. But there was this, there's this kind of weird hierarchy of, of ride attendants. Like if you did okay on one, they'd put you on harder and harder ones, and if you, <laughs> if you screwed up, they'd demote you to, to ones that were like to the, the kid rides. The, so what was yeah, considered the like ride. the ultimate ride to be working on? <laughs> Well, not the ultimate one. It was it was like the one that was more likely to break down. Because <laughs> 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 everything would break down. Everything like because there, there was there were a couple at random place were were really lovely, but they were they, they had no children of their own as far as we knew. Um, it was a guy called Robin, and he was like this kind of crazy Cliff Young style guy who looked like the gardener because he went around in gumboots, and I didn't know for ages that he was the guy that built and maintained everything. Oh, wow. that's amazing! What everything. After after hours, what happened? Then, then I don't know right. what happened after hours. I was I, I was well and truly out of there because it's oh, okay. a small small world on, on like maybe two or three bars of it's a small small world on loop all day and it would drive you oh. insane. Oh no, <laughs> that is Damn. just amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. That is awesome. Wobby's world inside. <laughs> All right, yeah. take care. Have a good day, mate. Thanks. You too. Oh, that is so good. And also, no, like, this props to Caribbean Gardens. It's still going, and it mm. might be a phenomenal place to go. So I really want people yeah. to... I, would, um, I think one of we you should, should go there on the weekend. Excursion. Let's go there. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm definitely up for that. I really want to see what it's all about still. All right, lock Absolutely, it in. we're in. All right. Three, triple, ah. Oh.
The Festival of Half-Baked Ideas is returning to Howler from June 29th as the Festival of Fully Baked Ideas. One of the shows that's happening there is Chirito's Sizzle on the 2nd of July. The person behind it is Ivan Aristogeta. He's joining us in the studio. Welcome to Triple R. Hello. Hello. Good, uh, 10 points for saying my surname properly. That's. <laughs> I told you. Oh, yes. coached me on it. He, he, pra- he practiced about five <laughs> times before he came into the room. So perhaps you start by explaining um, this festival. What's half baked? What's the festival of half baked ideas? What's the festival of fully baked ideas? The festival of half baked ideas was right before all the festivals started in, in here in Australia this year. Like BB. Even before Perth Fringe, uh, we did a run of uh, of the un unbaked <laughs> product of, of our shows. Uh, when I talk on on uh, on behalf, I'm talking on behalf of, of, of a team of comedians: Holly Breen and Demi Ladner, Nate Valvo, uh, even Chopper did at that time. David Quirk. Um, we 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 had this idea of a full show, one hour of, of, for for a new festival show. We tried it on stage. We realized what did what worked, what didn't work. <laughs> uh, we all freaked out and, <laughs> uh, and, and started working uh, very hard at 24/7, just fixing jokes. And then um, after the festivals uh, finished, you know, it's uh, all the they're fully baked. Uh, it's it. We're all very proud of our shows. We are. Uh, uh, but those uh, are shows that you've toured. Around Australia, essentially, like you've yeah. done Perth and Adelaide, yes, Melbourne. Uh, even even the the full run of Adelaide Fringe, which is uh, five weeks. So Perth Fringe, Adelaide Fringe, Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is a month, and then Sydney Comedy Festival for a for a week. And so it's 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 now it's curated. It's not curated as 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 a, as a sorry. <laughs> I'm just made. It. Sometimes I get words in Spanish and I translate them. Just by sound, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it completely different. I mean, cured, cured as uh, a ham, cured, cured as a, uh. cured as a. Now the, the show is cured, not curated. Wow, that's, that's making me making me hungry. Well, you're the breakfasters. What's the breakfast? Have you had breakfast? Not no. yet. Not yet. Up and but go. Th- that oh, brings me to something I really, I really wanted to ask you. You were a comedian in Venezuela. How did the comedy scene there compare with the comedy scene? That you know, I was very young in nappies. Nappies compared to the like, like I was very impressed. Um, like I was well, well, Geraldine as well. We were part of of the thirtieth um, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So it's thirty years of of, of 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 a huge comedy festival. That says a lot about Australian comedy scene in mm. Venezuela. There's there's not even festivals. It's just comedy nights. And when you think that uh, that you have a, an hour that you can share with an audience you you produce it yourself you find yourself a theater you find uh, yourself a place to do the show and then promote it and do whatever like there's not even comedy management or, or you just do it on your own and uh is it like would you have opportunities to be on tv and and stuff like that over there Yes, um, if if you can find the, the the right people to talk to the TV, you can promote your show. And um, uh, I think the first step will be radio. Mm. Um, in Venezuela, uh, I was part of a of a radio show, uh, an afternoon radio show, um, and that helped a lot. It, it gives you like some some, some sort We're of. We're uh, quite a big name over there. No, no, I was uh, up and coming. Uh, um, there was this buzz of a new comedy uh, 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 generation, um, but when we were starting to participate in, in radio shows and some some um, um, 
in, being interviewed in some TV mm. shows, but not as a, as we were not recognized on the streets or, or mm. but just it was this buzz was was very um, very strong, and I left Venezuela right after I did my very first one hour show and I tried it for a month and uh, a month later I was traveling to Australia. Why did you leave during the buzz? Because uh, uh, it's, you know, some 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 decisions are like you're doing great at your job uh, and, and there's a buzz and you're getting opportunities but the the living in Venezuela was and is, and now is even worse. Uh, was very difficult. Um, crime is is the thing that uh, it is the major problem of the country. Um, uh, there is the, just to give you an idea. There there is a, a, a um, an indicator of of uh, of um, homicides, uh, which is. Uh, People killed over a hundred thousand people population. That's that's a universal. That's the the, the global mm. indicator of of, of uh, violence in a country. Venezuela today is 82, 82 people killed per hundred thousand people oh population. Australia is one. So oh, yeah. for, for for every time one person gets killed in Venice in in Australia, eighty two died in in Venezuela. So uh, it's although the opportunities were great. It was very hard to 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 leave in a country where you're constant fear. And um, my brother was already living in Australia. Um, my my brother-in-law at the time was already packed to move to to Australia. Um, why Australia? Because we my brother was here. We got friends here. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I said let's. I, I I can speak the language. Uh, my plan is to keep doing comedy. As long as the Australian audience uh, lets me <laughs> and understands, <laughs> so yeah, it was very motivated. Like I'm not going back to be afraid. I'll rather be afraid of an audience that doesn't understand my accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that though. That must have been a huge shift to go from um, doing comedy in Spanish in a country that's very political, very polarized, yeah. to coming over to Australia. It's a completely different culture, and you're performing in a different language. How did you cope with that? It must have been amazing. I, uh, uh, the the beginning, uh, I was very afraid of people not understanding my accent. Like that was my biggest concern. Um, I moved to Adelaide because I got a regional visa <laughs> in Adelaide. Because uh, yes, Adelaide is considered regional. Um, <laughs> no surprise. And also Canberra. Like my my choices were Canberra uh, and Adelaide. Um, quite different choices, and I think a lot better choices than uh, my friend Sami Shah, another comedian. He was from Pakistan. He arrived to Australia with a regional visa, and he had to live in. Northern WA, which was like two hours from Perth, oh, in a wow. quite remote. That's and I was right. like, I, I know, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went to a speech coach in 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 Adelaide. Um, I did six uh, sessions with this speech coach. Was mainly, you know, reading out loud, uh, try, uh, pronouncing every I word love how as you much pronounce. as you can. Adelaide, like a true Adelaidean Adelaide. with that. Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. There's no D's in your Adelaide. 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 Uh, well, yeah, it's about mimicking as soon as possible uh, and, and, and try to sound not, I don't want to lose my accent. I think, well, compared to other uh, Venezuelans, I think uh, I'm losing lots of, a uh, 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 big part of my accent, but I want, I just want 
people to understand what I'm saying so I can do my comedy. So mm. I don't want people to go like, when did he say what is word? Why is people laughing? I didn't get that. Does it? <laughs> I still get that. I recently did a, 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 a beautiful gig with the elderly people. Uh, uh, it was beautiful. Like the average age was like. 70 yeah, right. and there was a lot of people laughing and a lot of uh, uh, partners uh, talking back to the the, the, you know, the you know wives and husbands going like what did I can see their faces <laughs> going like what did he say what was this why are we <laughs> um, your show's called Chorizo Chorizo Sizzle Chorizo Sizzle and you, it's described as combining your two f- Two loves comedy and food. What what role does food play, and how um how oh, have you manifested your love of food? The whole show is about food. Um, I, I realized as as a as a comedian, my most of my 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 my, my all my my shows has a very strong um, um, emphasis. Yes, thank you, thank you, Geraldine. <laughs> uh, and in food, because I, it's a great way to 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 analyze another culture and to adapt to another culture without being like I don't want to go. Ah, this is how you do your politics. This is how you behave as a society. No, I just go. This is what you eat, and I want to learn uh, from you. How do you behave around food? Uh, I this happened in a natural way because. I study food technology. I studied cooking. My family's from Spain, so everything's related to food. My family, like um, I think, like uh, Mediterranean European uh, people, like Greeks and and Italians and Spanish and Portuguese. They like these are families. That if you don't love food, you don't love them. That's that's how they like. Mm. If, if you're not in love with food, you hate your mom. That's that's <laughs> how they. <laughs> so uh, I grew up in a in a family where you have to love food and and everything is about food. So um, I said, listen, let's let let's let's do a, sh- a one hour show. Let's 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 get myself. If this is my trend, let's see if I can do an hour. Um, absolutely talking about food and things happened during that year where I decided to do a show in my life about food where I had okay how can I translate this into food for example because my, my, my relationship after 16 years um, we separated uh, and I, I was devastated so I wanted to talk about this because this is what we do this is what comedians do we talk about our lives and say so how can I talk about this through food and um um so i said like like my 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 breakup was something like my my ex-wife went like you know our marriage is not doing well right and I go, yeah it's not doing well and it's okay listen uh we've grown apart we we're different people now we we we, we, we love each other a lot and we no longer work as a couple we care a lot about each other but we no longer do you understand this i go i don't understand this well you, you understand everything about food let me put it this way imagine i'm a celiac now and you <laughs> And you are a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, but you make me sick. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that puts it pretty clearly. <laughs> so, uh, so I t- devastating. <laughs> that was a snort. A snort early in the morning from a joke. I'm so it's a, sorry. It's a, it, don't be sorry. That's a compliment, isn't it, Geraldine? Oh, yeah. It's a great compliment. Yeah. The show is called Chorizo Sizzle. It's on as part of the festival of fully baked ideas on that howler on the second of July. There's two shows, 7.30 and 9.30. We've been talking to Ivan Aristigeta. Thanks so much for coming in. Free Triple R. Uh, so, we want to talk about creepy things now. Creepy. <laughs> creepy is one of my favourite words. <laughs> Do you creepy. like the way I did that though? Uh, we're going to talk about creepy things. 
Nice. <laughs> no, I just got some weird thing down my back of my neck when you whispered so, in my ear. So every morning uh, I get up and I, before I leave to come to work, I take Lloyd out for it to do his weeds. That is creepy. <laughs> Should, just, <laughs> and Should just explain that Lloyd is a dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Lloyd's my dog. like you partner or your yeah. child Some or something. Yeah. Come on, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloydy number eight. Come on, mate. Uh, so I take Lloyd out. Uh, to, anyway, we're out in our... We live in, in, in an apartment in a big garden area outside, a communal garden area. Um, it was out there. And in one of the flats across, across the garden, there's a big... Uh, Australian flag that hangs there. Um, very patriotic, but also there's a lovely old lady that lives there um, and not a member of UPF or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's just a really lovely lady. But there was... Uh, you could I could see this shadow um, and I just thought it was, you know, the flag, the shadow uh-huh. of the flag waving. Um, but then it was like, oh, no, actually, I think someone's... Over there, that's interesting. She's up at five o'clock in the morning. That's very early. And then, and I was like, oh, actually, no, there isn't anybody there. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> and then Lloyd just went, like, turned around and ran over to the spot and just went. Rah, 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 rah. Oh. I was like, you go back here, get back here. And then there was nobody there. Oh, oh was there? <laughs> I think it was just the flag, to be honest. <laughs> I was going to say, when Lloyd came to work the other day, he did run up and down barking just to yeah, meet everybody. Yeah. He also ran into the wall when the doorbell oh, went. Oh, that went, oh, yeah. So he's it's perhaps, a bit special. Perhaps, perhaps not the greatest <laughs> ghost detector in the world. I know. Oh. That, that is a creepy experience. Did you, like, run into the house or anything? Or No, I, just, I was more concerned about Lloyd waking up the neighbours with his barking. So okay. I was like, get inside. <laughs> And then you have to explain, no, it's all right, there's a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I did see um, when I was getting the news together, one of the British papers is doing one of those stories on uh, parents revealing the creepiest things their kids have ever said or done. Oh, this is very similar to our... Our talk break... um, Last week. Last week? Or yesterday. Runs into one long talk break, doesn't (laughs) it? But... um, yeah, so uh, they're just like little anecdotes of people with their kids. I was babysitting my four-year-old niece and we were watching cartoons when she looks over dead serious and wonders, so what's going to happen to us when we die in two weeks? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> when was that article written? What? <laughs> what happened after two weeks? What happened? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's um, actually when I look at it, 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 it looks like it's all been pinched from a Reddit um forum, which has a whole series. But it sounds like kids just spend all of their time trying to creep out their parents. That is horrifying. Because that starts off very, well, yeah, what's happening when we die in two weeks? (laughs) My little cousins would say that there would be a little boy that would tap their window, both cousins slept in the same room, and tell them to open it because he was cold and wanted to play. Oh, (laughs) my... I want to play. Oh, no, I'm crying. I can't talk about this. Oh, come oh. on, more, one more. What a severe. Come one on, more. Um, tapping a window is always yeah. creepy, though. Just never tap a window. Knock on it, but so don't tap cold. it. Tap a tap a tap a. <laughs> I want to play. 
I'm cold. I'm oh, cold. No. Let me inside. I want to play. <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to read it any of the others without having um, looked at them first. It, no, that's it fair is, enough. It is Reddit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it all could get a bit weird. Okay. Oh. Well, so one more thing. Just oh, to, yes. Okay. <laughs> here's another creepy thing. To, it's not a ghost. It's something quite real. But a woman in Queensland... Has that is really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so a woman in Queensland has woken to discover a five-metre-long python stretching across her bedroom and into the corridor of her home. And five, me- 30 kilograms, I the don't snake know if that's creepy so much as just, like, terrifying. It would have yeah, been creepy right. if it turned to it I'm cold and want to play. <laughs> Triple R, not for everyone, for anyone. That's right, it's time to talk film on Breakfasters here on Triple R with Hayley Inch, Philly's first Simone Ubaldi, who's still overseas. How are you going, Hayley? I'm good. Are we all ready to talk about the destruction of the earth by aliens? Yes, yes please. We, are. <laughs> uh, we were talking the other day, uh, I think Geraldine was talking about re watching The Mask and going back to films that you saw a long time ago and seeing whether they held Don't up. Do it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Does Independence Day fall into that category? We're talking, sorry, I should say, we're talking about the sequel to Independence Day yes. Resurgence. Yes, yes. Um, well, I did for research sit down last night and watch the original Independence Day. And I, I, I think it was a giant blockbuster in 996 for a good reason. It's it's a rollicking, entertaining ride, that one. I, I agree. Mean, you know, 96, that was a time where the ultimate saviour of a movie could be Randy Quaid, a simpler time. <laughs> 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 but, yes, no, it, it, the Independence Day really rolled in a, a particular type of blockbuster, which I think has really, really influenced all the blockbusters we see today where, you know, cities are getting flattened left, right and centre, you know, there's a generally, uh, we, we get together a bunch of actors, we give them some witty dialogue, we let them run wild, that sort of thing. I mean, you think back to 96, like all, all of the other um, box office toppers that year, you know, obviously Independence Day was, was the massive film of that year, but there were also things like Twister and the first Mission ah. Impossible film. Um, so what a time. Yeah, it yeah. really was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I saw one headline, Independence Day Resurgence, early reviews are ellipsis, what you'd expect. Is, oh. is that is that, that your take on it? A little bit. Like, um, I, I must admit the news that, yeah, 20 years later we're going to revisit the world of Independence Day. I was like, okay, I'm kind of intrigued as to what's going on here. They were talking about how, you know, um, we will basically, basically what we see is an alternate 2016 where humans have had 20 years to prepare for the return of the aliens. We've co-opted all of the alien technology that was left to us with all of the ships that oh. crashed in 2000 uh, in 1996 um, and there's a whole new generation of kids who've grown up having experienced this this horrible you know world altering event of discovering aliens and them trying to kill us all and they've all grown up wanting to fight against this resistance to aliens and they're basically already there's there's a, a base on the moon that is like our our, our big arsenal of protection against any encroaching <sighs> aliens and of course you know the entire premise of the new film is yes the aliens are back they're really angry they've <laughs> bought a big giant ship with like, oh, their like a queen bigger one on a bigger board ship, yeah. and 
yes, we're we're in a lot of trouble. And unfortunately, Will Smith is not saving us this time no, around. No, is Will Smith not in it? Will Smith is not in it. Oh. Uh, they, they've killed off his character in the interim, which basically means what? they did not want to pay Will Smith yeah, the money that say. he wanted they for the They killed him off. So they're they, not even like he could come back. They're like, no, he's no, dead, no. gone. <laughs> There's like, no he's, chance. Oh, he's dead in an aside. What happened and, to him? Um, oh, he was killed in some kind of flight test. Or of course oh, he was. Lame. Something ridiculous. Oh. And so it's actually his son um, and a Hemsworth who mm. is apparently saving us all. Uh, sorry, what? Yeah. A Hemsworth. Ha- yeah. 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 No, I, I'm picturing Will Smith and I'm picturing a Hemsworth. And how are they father and son? Oh, no, they're no, no, not no. father and son. So, <laughs> oh, so Will, Will, right. Will Smith's son and yeah, a Hemsworth. Will Smith's son oh, and a Hemsworth. Yeah. So. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, yes. I was really ready to go, what so, is happening what is in happening? the world? <laughs> um, but, but a lot of the older characters from the first film are back. Jeff Goldblum is back, of course, well, a very Jeff important component Goldblum. of the first movie. And his dad is as well. And his dad is as yeah. well, played by John Hirsch. Um, the, very importantly... President Bill Pullman is back. <gasps> I, I am very adamant on the score that President Bill Pullman from the first Independence Day movie is the most important screen president that we have ever been gifted with. How many times does this make it that Bill Pullman has played president, do you think? Because hasn't he done president a few times now? Uh, possibly, but, yeah, this this is a continuation uh, of that character. But, wait, he's, he's been like, president for 20 years? No, he's not been president for 20 years because right. America would not allow that. Um, but, you know, obviously he's, he's an ex-president. They still refer to him as Mr President, that oh. sort of thing, which is I very much required. He has a beard. He's very, <gasps> like, upset and disorientated because, you know, <laughs> the aliens <laughs> are back be, and we, we thought we dealt with this. And, right. and yeah, so there are these components of, of the original film that is there, but I feel the general feeling of this film is that there's so much unnecessary about it. There's, there's, it, it's, it's is there striving. Resistance, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there is a resistance uh, to the resurgence, um, and it feels like so much of the film is trying so hard to evoke that similar sense of the first film, and it's just. Guys, it's what? twenty years. It's a, we're in a completely different climate now. It's it's the the the, the kind of things that worked for that film in two thousand uh, in nineteen ninety six doesn't really work in two thousand sixteen, particularly because we've just had this glut of you know particularly films that play with the idea of the destruction of Earth. And actually, the director of both the Independence Day's Roland Emmerich is kind of responsible for this because let's talk about some of the films that he did in the interim between these two films: the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla film. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still, 2012. This is a director who's really invested in watching us watch the own destruction of our planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this movie, like, compare it to Jurassic World. Like, I loved Jurassic World in that it was entertaining and I thought it was a really great homage to the original Jurassic Park and whatnot. Is, is it the same with this? I feel like if this had kind of gone a bit more of a homage route, um, it, it, it would have been a lot more satisfying. I think what's really lacking in this film is that maybe apart from Jeff Goldblum and his dad's character, who who both are treated pretty sacrosanct by the narrative, mm. there's not a lot of respect given to a lot of the other right. returning characters. And there's a lot of scenes where you're just kind of like, oh, whoa, 
I I was not expecting that to happen to that character, and oh, their their their, their ultimate demise is actually quite meaningless. And mm. you know, let's not talk about Vivica A. Fox, who was, of course, a very important part of the first role as um, Will Smith's partner. Yes. She's given maybe I reckon three minutes of screen time Seriously? before they off her in really? order for for her death to basically be fuel for her son to be really angry at the aliens. And I'm like, Will Smith is already dead. He's yeah. already angry enough at the aliens. Well, also they tried to destroy the planet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah, the aliens <laughs> trying to destroy you where you live. Like, you need your yeah. mum to die to also... Yeah, yeah that's weird. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's, I, a, there's a lot of that sort of thing that kind of, like, we're just doing these things to kind of, like grab onto the audience and try and manipulate you into feeling really horrible mm. about what's happening and it's like, no, aliens are here to destroy us all. We all feel pretty bad already. I, I, we, we don't need these kind of extra things and it's kind of missing, you know, one of the great things about the first Independence Day was they really... They really balanced well, you know, these giant scenes of destruction with the really personal things that were happening to all of the characters. And it's, it's I think, yeah, we wanted to be an just, astronaut. Yeah, Aww. exactly. Like all of those kind of little moments. Like they try really hard to particularly infect the, the 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 new lot of young kids with that kind of similar feeling. But you just like, I, I, it was I don't already care. There. But the world has I changed, hasn't it? I mean, in 1996, we probably hadn't seen special effects like that. Before, but also this is pre-war on terror. So yes. the White House blowing up, you know, in the original film is kind of an iconic. Was more funny. Scene. Yeah, I mean, not funny, but like more kind the of. The context like, oh, has changed, happen. hasn't it? Yeah. Does, does the film reflect that? I mean, is it a post nine eleven film? Well, not really, because the the entire premise of this film is, you know, we're in this alternate two thousand and sixteen where none of those things ever happen because after the aliens came, apparently all countries just stopped warring and we all declared peace and we all came together in this big conglomerate of Earthicans <laughs> and all came together <laughs> to just, you know, research how to destroy the aliens if they came back, which I'm kind of like, well, that's a nice idea. You mean it's not very mm, realistic? Yeah. This uh, yeah. crazy film about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, surprise. Have the aliens changed? That's the thing I wanted, like, physically, like, do the aliens look different to last time? Have they evolved? Uh, d- obviously, there's, because they, they bring along their hive queen this time, oh, there's, oh. there's much bigger aliens. Oh. Um, but, um, yeah, they still look the same, but I think these ones are a lot more computer-generated rather than some of the puppetry effects that were going on what in '96. Mm. What if you go in with a big box of popcorn and like a nice drink and, and a choc top, how, how would it rate? I think if you're just looking for mindless entertainment, you'll probably have have a reasonably okay time with it. Um, I do think the film is like pretty uneven, so you do kind of have to go through stretches of just like, okay, okay. That's when you eat your popcorn. See. That's when you eat your popcorn <laughs> or you go to the bathroom and then you come back and you're like, oh, they're still on this. Great. Um, haven't missed a thing. Uh, <laughs> so do you think this is the beginning of a new franchise? Well, they they do keep it open. So I think if this thing does make a poo ton of money, which let's be real, it probably is. You know, all, mm. all of these blockbusters tend to make a poo ton of money no matter what the critics think of them. Um, so I, I do think they're, they're, they're clearly gunning for, for a, a continuing sequels and that sort of thing. Um, honestly, if we go recycle hits from 1996, where's my Twister sequel? Why isn't Helen Hunt leading a franchise? I actually think there's something in that. Yeah, mm. totally. Oh, I want to see that cow yeah, fly through the air. Change. 
Come on. <laughs> well, there's an idea, Hollywood. You can take that from Hayley. Thank you so much, Hayley Inch. We will see you again. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.